Hello, friends, and welcome to the Wisdom for Life broadcast. This is Pastor Glenn with another episode that we hope will bless you. This is what the Lord said to me. Go and buy a linen loincloth. Put it on, but don't wash it. So I bought the loincloth as the Lord directed me, and I put it on. Then the Lord gave me another message. Take the linen loincloth you're wearing and go to the Euphrates River. Hang tight with me here. Hide it in a hole in the rocks. Okay, so I'm wearing underwear. I'm putting it on. I go all the way to the Euphrates River. I dig a hole. And I put it in there. 13. Jeremiah 13. One. Are we... Is that okay? You want to take it from here, Don? Oh, let's 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 go over the whole thing here. He started with ten, but he really meant thirteen. There are no accidental Pharisees in here. He meant thirteen, but he said ten. That's all right. I, I can read it. That's okay. Are we there? Thirteen one. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Steve, you're right. So he buys some undies. He buries them. Take the linen loincloth you're wearing. Go to the Euphrates River. Hide it there in a hole in the rock. So I went and I hid it in the Euphrates as the Lord had instructed me. A long time afterward, the Lord said to me, go back to the... <laughs> what? What? Where do you think he's going back to? He's going to go back and get those dirty undies. He's going to go back and get swamp seat. Go back to the Euphrates. Mm. And get the loincloth. I told you to hide it there. So I went back to the Euphrates and dug it out of a hole where I had hidden it. But now it was rotting and fall apart. How many of you have ever had underwear that was falling apart? No, none of you. None of you. You, you know where you're at in the Bible better than I do, but you got clean underwear. It's never falling apart, right? The band is never like separated from the rest, and it just any any guys in here at all? Any come on, man. Done it. <laughs> hey, let's look at verse eight. Then I received this message from the Lord. This is what the Lord says. This shows how. I will rot away the pride of Judah and Jerusalem. These wicked people refuse to listen to me. They stubbornly follow their own desires and worship other gods. Therefore, they will become like this loincloth, like this underwear, good for nothing. Yeah, I'll just keep reading. As, as the loincloth clings, this is the important part, as the loincloth clings to a man's waist, so I created Judah and Israel to cling to me. God says, you know, I wanted you to be both whitey and tidy. I wanted you to have intimate relationship with me. I want you to see how close I want you to be. None of this outside stuff. Listen, you could wear a suit to church and only you and the Lord know what your underwear look like. Are you hearing me? Doesn't matter whether you wear a suit or a pair of sweats or a pair of shorts. Only you and God know what that underwear looks like. And God says, hey, only I know what your heart looks like. 
Only I know what you really look like. You know, all of this that you paint on on the outside, all of this church stuff that you think looks like me and acts like me and all this facade. Hey, listen, I see past all of that. What I see, what, what I'm looking at is the intimate. You know, there is a, there is a, there is an area of the store that I, every store we go in, Walmart, whatever, that I stay away from. It's called the intimates. Yeah. Yeah. Where, 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 where the undies are and all the other stuff is, right? I, I just, I even tell my wife, Hey, listen, I need some new underwear. Go buy me some, right? Tell my wife to go get it. I just don't want to be in there. Anybody see, Oh, look, there was pastor. He buying some socks. Let's pray. <laughs> Father, we thank you. We thank you that you'd want to be that close. <laughs> that you'd want me to be that close to you. You're not describing me as a hat or a tie or a coat. You're saying, Lord, you want relationship like loincloth. And I know that's tough this morning for some of us to hear because we don't like to associate with intimate things. We, we try to have a vocabulary or a language that avoids intimacy in all that we do. But God, help us with the distance because we use distance. It, it, God, help us to repent of our distance and our pride so that we can be our own individual and do our own thing and it be apart from You. Help us, God, to come close again. Repent, God, of that, of that feeling that I can do it without you. God, I've got to be close to you. I've got to be intimate with you. I've got to know your spirit. I've got to come close. Help us with that revelation this morning. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. Hi. Cool. Great. All right. So here is Jeremiah. His name means God exalts. God exalts. The Lord exalts. Yah and his name means the Lord. Exalts. Who brings up, who lifts up and brings down? The Lord. Who decides who's in charge yet? Yeah. And, and so who holds the, uh, the, the, the heart of the king in his hand and directs it like a river? The Lord, right? If you've ever worried about who's in charge at work or who's in charge at church, who's in charge in the community, who's in charge of the country, who's in charge of the world, check back in with a little bit of the sovereignty of God. Balance that a little bit. But understand this, the Lord exalts and the Lord brings down. The Lord will take care of it, won't He? Yeah. Do we have a part in that? Sure. Do we have responsibility? Yes, 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 yes. But the Lord is in charge. Jeremiah comes at about a time when Judah, remember, they're separated. In fact, let me take it back to next week. You remember that guy, Manasseh? You know, his name sounded like you put it on a biscuit. All right. So Manasseh, he came back to God and he comes to this place and he leads Judah back to the Lord, but Judah continues in its idolatry. He has a son. That son is murdered. That son has a son. And listen, Judah is back into idolatry again, back into serving pagan idols. And this son is born, and his name is Josiah. Remember that guy? And he brings Judah into repentance, and there's revival, and there's a short period of time. Well, this is about the time that Jeremiah is a young man. And here's what this young man does. He is set to be a worker in the temple. Say temple. He's not set to be a prophet. He's set to be a priest. But God 
takes them another direction. Can I tell you this morning, you get intimate with God, you're going in a different direction. You're going a different direction than even your family thinks. You're going a different direction than even the people around you think. You get close enough to God and it's going to change your direction. What? I don't want that. I want to please everybody else around me, not God. You get intimate with Him and it's going to change some things in your life. It's going to happen. So this is what happens. And He begins to prophesy to Judah and He does some weird things. Let me give you a couple of them just real quick so you can understand how weird this is. Okay, you think the underwear thing is weird? There's some other things that are weird. Hey, uh, how many of you remember a couple of Sundays ago when I talked about how God made him wear this yoke, this ox yoke, and how he wore it into Jerusalem, and how he prophesied with this big old wooden ox yoke on it, on, on his shoulders and, and around his neck. And he said, you know what? You know what? Captivity's coming, man. You're going to be a slave if you don't repent. This is going to happen. And people are like, you're weird. How many of you know that you can get in the presence of God and it changes you a different direction, but also your life starts to look a little bit weird? He doesn't just stop there. Another time God says, hey, go purchase a piece of land knowing that this other nation would come, Babylon, and would soon take over Israel. He says, go purchase this piece of land and, and, and go buy it anyway. You know, you're about to lose it. In fact, the enemy's gonna, gonna take it from you. But I wanna show you just, I wanna show you the heart of my redemption and how I'll, how later I'll give my son for people who will stay in slavery. I, there, there was like a lot of Bible right there. I wanna show you that I'll die for people who won't ever even accept me. So I'll go redeem them. I'll go purchase them. He does that. That's weird. How many of you go out and buy a house? knowing that it would be taken from you soon anyway. Not weird. Say, that's weird, Jack. All right, well, kind of weird. He does some weird stuff. There's another, there's another instance where uh, he goes down to the potter's house and God says, hey, check out this potter. Check out this wheel. And, 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 and buy a bunch of these clay pots. They're beautiful, aren't they? Now take them into the city and throw them on the ground in front of everybody. And tell, remind them all that I'm the potter and they're the, they're the clay. And I can do with them what I want. And there are things in their life that have now grown hard in their course towards me. They're not serving me the way they should. So show, show them I'm going to break, break things up. Before you go judging the God of the Old Testament and saying, oh, everything was better in the new. Uh-uh. You don't see Jesus going into the temple, seeing people doing things wrong and turning over tables and pulling his belt off. That's the way to start a lawnmower in my home. Come on. You don't see that? You, you don't see a God that's, that his mercy is just endures, endures, endures. And then there's this moment where it's like, if I don't do something because I'm a just God, if I don't do something then my people are all going to perish. So I have to get involved. So even though he's a loving God, he's also a just God. And here comes the just God along with the loving God. You see, that's the, that's the rest of the gospel, <laughs> right? The rest of the gospel is, is that you got to give your life up because he gave his life for you. Not as an additive to your life, but, but you give up like he gave up. 
You see, the Holy Spirit comes to you at salvation, but to walk in the Holy Spirit with intimacy every day takes surrender. It ain't about just salvation. It's about surrender. That's that's like a four-letter word in our culture. We don't surrender. I'm going to have it my way. I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to go off and do it my own way. And and maybe maybe I'll find a few people that want to do it with me. But if not, that, that doesn't matter. I'll go and do it. And God says, Jeremiah, I'm going, to, I'm going to send you and do a lot of weird things. And you're going to do these things to show my people that they're living in pride and they're, they're not intimate with me anymore. Pretty soon. In fact, you know what's really cool about the book of Jeremiah? And Lamentations, lament or Lamentations means to cry. So he writes an entire book of just prophesying crying. Like, that, that'd be fun to listen to. You know? <laughs> It, anybody can can anybody go back far enough with me? You remember Giggle Snort Hotel? Nobody, nobody. Used to be this big glob of clay that would come out, and every time they do something different with it, cry, cry, cry. That was the best part of being my childhood. I just love that kind of stuff. You imagine a you imagine a preacher. You just get him into your church. You vote him in, and here he comes, and every message is another lament. He was not popular. No, that's the problem, though. It ain't about popularity, is it? I don't know. Maybe it is. Good. So he does all this weird stuff to call and plead Judah to come back to relationship with God. And one of the weird ways that God has him do it is basically this. In verse 1 and 2 of chapter 13, he says, go and buy some new underwear. Go and buy some new underwear. Now, my impression of the size of God's underwear would be about probably about like this. Now, you can't get this out. You can't get this at your local Walmart. This is size 100. Yeah. Wow, huh? It's cool, isn't it? I was showing this to some of the little kids when we were walking in this morning. They're like, you wear that size, don't you? And then one of them goes, no, you don't, because they're clean. <laughs> said that to me. The path, the... So wrong. No, you can order these offline, though. So if, uh, if you ever get big enough, I got a pair right here. And uh, they stretch. Everything works. Uh, uh, size 100. And God says, you know, I want my people to understand that they, I'm clothed with them. I love them so much. They're an in, I'm clothed with them in an intimate area. And I want them to be close to me and intimate with me. And, and so, so go buy some, some, some whitey tidies and then wear them all the way to the Euphrates River. Now, listen, that's 400 miles away. Are, are you with me? No, 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 you're not. I don't think you really are. Well, yeah. I mean, have you ever? No, you've never. You've never. But have you ever like, well, there's no clean underwear and just flip the babies inside out for day two? What's wrong, Chad? Chad's going, yeah. <laughs> Chad, that's what I love about you, man. You're honest. That's a lot of flipping inside out. A lot. And, and he's got this for this whole journey. I don't know how long it took him. You might know better than I do. It took him a while. And then he gets there. 
He's got to he's got to dig a hole. He's got you know, why Euphrates? This is where Babylon is. Babylon's coming. Babylon is brought by the Lord, not by the enemy. Sometimes the things that are coming into your life that you think are negative and you think are satanic and of the enemy are not the enemy. Sometimes it's God because God would rather you repent and make it into heaven than see you go straight to hell with your pride and all your materialism and all of your good stuff that you think is connected with God. So he's got to go buried at the Euphrates. He digs a hole. He, he, he puts it in the hole. He covers it up, puts a rock over the top. And then the Bible says later in the book of Jeremiah, he mentions Nebuchadnezzar before Nebuchadnezzar even is Nebuchadnezzar. And if you have a problem with, is the Bible real? Can I take it for truth? Are the prophecies of the Old Testament and new? Are they foundational? Yeah, they really are. Because God says, I'm bringing a guy called Nebuchadnezzar. You don't even know his name yet. He doesn't exist yet, but he's coming. And I know his name. And I've raised him up. You think, God raised him up? I believe Nebuchadnezzar would be in heaven. You don't? The Bible says he repented. He did. Does God have a bigger plan than just where you live? And where you're at and what you... Yeah, 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 yeah. Do, 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 do. He does. He says, bury him there, right? Now, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm just going to help you understand here. Okay, so he goes commando all the way back to where he was. He doesn't have any underwear. In our, in our house, we call it underwears, like it's plural. And God says, hey, go, 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 go get him. Go back. Go get him and grab them, and then go use it to preach the sermon, like I'm doing right now. For some of you that are kind of judgmental and having a hard time with this, kind of like what I'm doing right now, talking to you the truth, and like pulling back the rock, shining the light in, and letting stuff scurry, and everything starts coming out. You know, that's the point when we get judgmental. When, when, when the truth comes and we say, well, I don't know, it shouldn't look like that. It shouldn't look like a big pair of 100-inch underwear. It was for Jeremiah. And he brings these nasty drawers back, and he preaches with them, and he says, this is you and your pride. God wanted to have you close, and he wanted to be intimate with you. But instead, you were prideful and soiled and a mess. So here's what's coming. And it's going to be just for a season. But it would be your kids, probably your grandkids, that would be the ones that experience this wonderful verse that we put on mugs and on T-shirts and on pens. And we pull it right out of context. You know it. Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Yeah. And then read the rest of the context. So stay here, build houses, raise up kids, plant vineyards, and your kids will be the ones that get the promise that I'm telling you about right now. I don't want to drink my coffee from my mug now. It just doesn't sound the same, Mark. You know, Mark, I thought that promise was for me. It is. But the promise is always bigger than me. It actually, it probably will take generations to figure it out and see all of it. So for the time being, I may see even where I'm at right now as part of God's promise. And so God is working out something that's bigger than me. 
And that's what he says to his prophet. He says, hey, you're going to go back. You're going to say, hey, this is your pride. I want you to be intimate. I want you to deal with it. And do the people of God repent? No. Actually, they go and they throw him. They go and throw him in a pit. You don't know the story? Anybody with me? They throw him in a pit. And there's an invasion that comes. And they forget about him in there. And the Bible says that some of Jeremiah's friends get some old rags and torn up clothes. Oh, we're back to whitey tidies, nasty ones again. We're back to t-shirts that are nasty again. And they made ropes out of it and they lowered it down into the pit and he was pulled out of that pit by old rags and torn up clothes. It's King James Version. Are you still with me? I don't want a new gospel. I want the old one. I want the old rags. I don't know what's going on in here today. I don't know where you're at. I want the old rags and the torn up clothes. It's okay that it doesn't come to me in a way that's palatable and smells good and is pretty and tells me everything's going to be fine and walk the primrose path with me. It's just a bunch of tulips. That's not life. Who sold you the blue light special on following God? Following God is hard. It's a cross. We sing about the cross and we're glad that Jesus went to it, but we don't want anything to do with it past that. Jesus said, man, if you don't pick up your cross and follow me, you're not worthy of me. You, you gotta, you, you're gonna do this too. Whew. Oh, I don't know now. Man, I wanted to pick me up this morning. So this is what he brings back. And, and, and this is how God tells the story. And, it, and it's not pleasant, but it's, but it's life-saving and it's life-giving and it's life-changing. And I want to tell you how you can really get the benefits from God. I want to tell you how you can really get the benefits of relationship with Him. And it's found in intimacy. But first I want to tell you a story about when my underwear got lost. My wife and I went on a trip we were going out to California with a flower in our hair. The plane landed. How many of you know when you go far away, you take um, a carry-on and you know what you put in there? This dumb guy didn't do a carry-on. I'm like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. We got it. My wife, brilliant, brought a carry-on. Me, oh, it's okay. It's okay. We got it. My Chicago accent. So we get to, we get to California. The plane lands and we're looking for luggage and mine's gone. I'm there for a conference. I'm there for a conference for about, you know, four or five days. Where's my underwear? Where's my, I didn't care about my t-shirt. I didn't care about my shirts. I didn't care about my pants. When it, when it, when it all comes down, I guarantee you the thing you're looking for is your shorts. I didn't get my shorts until four days later. So, day one, missed the entire first half of the conference. I'm buying shorts, people. You know? And I didn't go to Goodwill. No, 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 no. Listen, 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 listen. No, no, no. I don't want to hurt you or offend you here. But I'll get a t-shirt from Goodwill, but shorts gotta be new. No, 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 come on. 
It's got to be brand new. Yeah, you hear me, brother? Brand new. I don't want to wear what someone else wore. I'll put my T-shirt for, hey, man, I got shirts. I got cool basketball shirts and all kinds of stuff I jog in. I, I go buy that stuff. That's cool. But the shorts got to be just me. Do I have a witness? Okay, nobody. Great. I'm all alone. We got that taken care of. I didn't get my luggage till like four or five days later. And I'll never do that again. No. And, 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 and I just want to present it to you this way. All right? We take for granted the intimacy we could have. We don't live life carry on. We live life with God stowaway. Bag it and tag it. I've been in church. It was Sunday. I did it. I did it. Go ahead and go ahead and stow away my luggage. I'm good for the week. Are you are you really? Are you good? Are you good? Really? What if I changed it around? What if I helped you to see it from God's point of view? Because like from God's point of view, maybe you and I forget that he has feelings. Have you ever thought about God that way? That he has feelings? And and, and that and that he wants to be close to you and intimate with you and and and, and instead of being told I'll see you next week, God? You know, did, did can I tell you God doesn't want to tweet from you? You don't Twitter God. You don't Facebook God. You see him face to face. You don't, you don't send him an email. That's not the relationship he wants to have with us, peeps. That's not what he wants, man. He wants closeness. He wants, he wants proximity. And we use distance for control because there's these seasons where we want to do what we want to do. And that's pride. That's what it is. And God says that's rotten and it smells and it's terrible. It's not good. And it's not good for you. But it hurts me. Because I got feelings. You don't think he has feelings? Why does he self-identify as a father? Why are all these stories in the Bible about him going after like prodigal son? Why, why does he tell it that way? Why does Jesus tell it that way? Why is there this constant pursuit of God and this constant hiding and running of man? It's not. How about, how about the, the whole self-identification of a shepherd and sheep? And, and we don't, we don't, we don't really get the context of that really well because we don't do business that way. But shepherd and sheep, it, it, it's like this. A shepherd literally sleeps with a sheep, eats with a sheep, walks with a sheep, leads a sheep, and then he'll build this like, he'll build this like little thing of stones, put all the sheep in it, and then he'll lay in front of that opening. And that's where Jesus says, I am the door. I'm the good shepherd. And they called that the door. And he'd lay himself so that none of the wolves could get in and another sheep would leave. This is intimacy. Why is it that in the garden when we see that he identifies himself as the creator, Adam and Eve sin, and now they're hiding. They didn't have to hide. There's nothing in Scripture that says you've got to run from God. Nothing. There's nothing in Scripture that says you've got to put distance between you and God because you made a mistake. Actually, that's exactly what the devil wants you to believe. There's you 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 serve a God who never wants to be closer than when you're hurt and when you're you're busted and disgusted and when you're a mess. He wants to be close to you, but we think otherwise. And so he comes down into the garden and he self-identifies as the one searching. What who is he searching for? He's searching for Adam and Eve. He says, "Where are you?" He's not asking because he doesn't know. He knows where they are. He wants them to ask where they are. And then what are they, what are they doing? They're hiding. And he says, look, come here. What, 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 why aren't we going on our walk? 
We have a walk, you know. We do this every day. What happened with our intimacy? What happened with our closeness? Why is there distance? And so, 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 so that we can understand the God that has feelings, the closest thing I can paint uh, this morning to you, and maybe we'll just land right here, is the idea of covenant and marriage. What, what if we drew a similarity or if we drew some, some type of correlation between covenant marriage and covenant with God? Now watch what would happen if I started to use distance in my marriage. What would happen in my marriage? See, let me, let me start with this. What if I only talked with my wife one day of the week? What if I only spoke to her one day of the week? And what if only for three minutes on that one day of the week, I listened to her? Anybody want to do that marriage counseling? <laughs> Step right up, Pastor. We'll fix you. No, man. What, what if my wife wrote me a love letter? 66 books in detail from beginning to end of how much she loves me and how much she adores me and how much... Let me tell you, my wife does love me, man. I got it made in the shade. But I shouldn't take advantage of that. Do you realize she's got these two big things in our bedroom of all the flowers that I've ever given her and they're just chock full of all the petals. She's held on to every love letter I've ever written her. And believe me, there was a time I couldn't spell. I was a hippie, you know, hey man. But she's seen something in me. <laughs> I was like, hey, you look pretty. <laughs> yeah, man. God's cool. Peace. Kept all that stuff. What if there was just one day a week when I would read her letter? Or I would, worse yet, I would ask somebody else to stand up and read that letter, and I would sit there and sleep on them. How would that marriage go? Let, let, let me go a little bit farther. What if she told me every single day that she loved me and then I pretended like I couldn't hear her and then I pretended like it was her fault? You know, sometimes we say, well, I just can't hear God right now. That doesn't mean He's not speaking. Listen, Jesus said, my sheep will hear my voice. That's a promise. Ironclad. That's ironclad. You'll always hear God. If you want to, there's never a moment where God says, well, you blew it. I'm not talking to you for a while. Back to the garden. Right away, right after they sinned, a transcendent God becomes imminent and appears, probably a Christophany, appears in the flesh and says, where are you? I want to talk. I want to be close. I want to be with you. And what if you pretended that you couldn't hear because he wasn't talking? That's not true. And then what if well, this is this is all oh, if it if it hasn't gotten heavy enough, oh pastor, do you really have to bring this much? Here it is. What if he did so many loving things in your life? What if she did so many loving things in my life? And then all I did was complain. And then never told anybody about just how good my spouse is or just how good my God is. Want to know how people get saved? Like that. No, they don't, Pastor. You see, you see, people get saved when you have a special service and open up the stairs. They, when you open up these stairs, 
We call it an altar, but they're stairs. And, 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 then, and then, then magically, they walk forward because your words were so good. Oh, it's so quiet in here. We might get a cricket saved this morning. Your words were so good, and then they're just going to want to stand up here like we got a verse for any of that. Challenge. Like we got a verse one where Jesus did that. Is it okay to pray for people? Sure. Is it okay to call people forward to pray? Yeah, sure. But don't make a doctrine out of it. You understand what I mean by doctrine? A rule, a dogma. This is the only way. Listen, if you're waiting for people to get saved on Sunday, you haven't testified on Monday. So, if it isn't uncomfortable enough, I'm going to graduation parties yesterday, and I think the party I'm supposed to go to is the one downtown at the park. <laughs> Did you hear that, brother? I'm not from here, people. I don't know where, I don't know where, I didn't know there's another park. I didn't know. So my wife and I are walking around with graduation cards. There's this dude. He's a dude. And he's got feathers and a wing, two wings, looking like Elton John. And I'm like, what graduation party did we get dumped off at? Where am I? I'm, I'm, pick on me. Pick on me. Not you. You're fine. We're going to pick on me. And, and, and I'm standing right there. And, and, and there's a couple of, I'm going to say it. There's a couple of churches there. But they're not telling the truth. I, I, she held on to my shirt. I'm like, I just want to have an academic conversation with them. Come here, I want to talk with you, you know? I don't know how I turned into Count Dracula there, but you, you know, it's a, a, Count Dooku or whatever, Count. She's like, no, you're not in the right heart, you're not in the right spirit, let's go. Um, yeah. Uh, now you know the context of where Jeremiah is. You know what he's got to go do? And he's got to go do it in love. And God makes, God puts him in a situation where he looks like a fool to have to do it. Do you know in our culture today, to tell the truth and really witness to people about the love of God and the intimacy he really wants us to have with him, you'd almost look foolish now in this world. But I'll become even more undignified than this were the words of David. I'd rather look like a fool and undignified and go to heaven knowing that I shared in love. I wasn't in love at that part because I wanted to take those wings and break them but, and talk to some people. But listen, when I get intimate with my God, what breaks His heart breaks mine. And there's just something wrong with me. Now, we're picking on me. Something wrong with me. I'm not broken like I should be for lost people. I'm not. And I'm your pastor. So there you go. I'm not broken for him. I want to judge and I want to bring the wrath. I want to be one of the sons of thunder. I want to call down fire, man. 
while walking with Jesus. <laughs> you know? Thank God that He pursued intimacy with me even though my life was nothing but a dingy, prideful mess. And He came and got me. Pulled me out of the hole. You know the story I just preached? Pulled me out of the hole. Pulled the rock off of me. Got me out of the hole. Drug me back from the river. Nasty, grody. You're prideful. You're a mess. But you're mine. You're mine. And that's the assignment I had this morning. And with that, I would share this with you. You may not realize it. You may not realize it. But about eight or nine months ago, maybe ten, that's what you did with a beautiful man by the name of Terry McClanahan. You don't realize it. And that's okay. You don't have to. But he came into this church needing reconciliation with God. And you just didn't, you didn't judge him. Terry's probably one of the best musicians I've ever hung out with. And he dresses like a musician. You aren't, you, do you get musicians? No, you don't. They're field goal kickers. They score points, but, you know, we're all linemen. They're great people. They're just different. Terry showed up. You didn't judge him. You loved him, and you cared for him, and you brought him right in, and there was this reconciliation. There was this restoration that was occurring. Yes, he had attended church before, but he was truly intimate with God once again. That's what he told me. Because of being a part of us. This. This here. Now, Terry went home to be with the Lord last night. Thank God. And, and, and thank God we get to be a part of that. Thank God that we love people and want to be intimate with people and we bring them in without judgment, right? Right? We don't bring the wrath on them, man. And, and, and now he's with Jesus. Penny's not. She's with Jesus in her heart. But he's, she's not where Terry is. Does she need our prayers? Do other people in this room need your prayers? Okay, so, so, this is how we could close. Could you find a moment where you could say, God, I want to be intimate with you for the sake of everyone. Because I have no idea who comes through that door next. I have no idea who comes through this door of my heart next. I have no idea. As the worship team comes, I have no idea, Lord. No idea. Even if, I, even, if, even if I'm risking being a little bit foolish, Lord, I'm willing. I'm willing so that someone might be close to you. Someone might have relationship with you. So we're going to take a moment, find somebody to pray with, probably right next to you.